Life is hectic, so wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with Factor's chef-crafted and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 options a week, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, they've got a variety that fits your lifestyle. Factor has restaurant-quality meals ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. They also have various easy options for the entire day, from breakfast to midday bites, smoothies, and more. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is a nutritious and delicious experience, and it won't break the bank. You can customize your meals by choosing 6 to 18 per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule deliveries anytime to fit your schedule. Factor meals are 100% hassle-free, giving you more time for what matters. Head to factormeals.com slash otherside50 and use the code otherside50 to get 50% off. That's code otherside50 at factormeals.com for 50% off your delicious, hassle-free meals. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, The Other Side NDE, where we talk about the fascinating phenomena of near-death experiences. These are more than just close calls. These are first-hand accounts of what people experienced dying, leaving the body, exploring another realm, and then returning to their body in order to share that experience with you. Every person that we interview, and many of us listeners, believe these accounts to be undeniably true experiences people had on the other side. If you enjoy listening to stories like these, make sure to check out our YouTube channel, The Other Side NDE, where we post two to three videos every week of people sharing their NDE stories. Hi, everybody, and I'm really excited to be here today because I get an opportunity to kind of talk about a thing that happened to me and a thing that's brought some interesting joy and peace into my life, despite it being at the time a relatively chaotic event that I guess would have uh, scared the pants off of a lot of people. But in my case, it was life-altering in a positive way in that it took away a whole lot of fear, a whole lot of uncertainty. It gave me some perspective, frankly, that perspective of... I find solace in knowing that I'm, I'm a very small piece or a molecule of water in a very large river. And uh, it just dawned on me, the symbolism of that statement, but that's literally how it feels to me. So the reason that I was invited here, I, I guess, is because uh, I've personally had what a lot of people would refer to as a, a near-death experience. I don't know that near-death is even a good way to describe it. I died. It was an interesting set of circumstances and the only discomfort that came from it was the physical aspect of uh, having stopped breathing, my heart having stopped beating for was a pretty substantial period of time. And so I just wanted to kind of lay out what happened for me and hopefully it, it helps somebody out there watching this as well. So when I was, you know, I can't even say for sure if I was 14 or if I was 15 at the time, but I lived in Germany. Uh, my stepfather was in the army. Where I lived in Germany was, was very rural. The post where my stepfather was stationed was was relatively small. There were only a few kids my own age that their parents were, were likewise stationed at that base. And, you know, the end result of that is most of my friends were German and I had a couple of American friends. And this particular night I was hanging out with one of my American friends at a local bar in his neighboring uh, little town that he lived in. We had gone to the local bar, and I know a lot of people think that in Germany, if you can see over the bar, you can order a beer, and that's pretty accurate. You, you can. I think there's some laws around it, but nobody enforces them, as long as you're not 
acting like a fool. But uh, it's that particular night. We'd been just shooting pool and we'd had a beer. Might have had two beers. I don't know. But we were walking back from the bar back to his house. And we had gone over. We were walking across a, a wide open field. Had a good blanket of snow on it. This was the dead of winter in Germany, which could be rather cold. And uh, very obscuring, apparently, because what we did not know at the time is that as we were walking across this expanse of, of snow-covered ground, that at one point we were standing directly on top of a rather large, rather quick-moving, I guess you can't call it a river, but it was a creek and a pretty substantial one. And it had been a pretty sunny day, despite the snow being on the ground. And as anybody who knows will tell you, when you have a blanket of snow, that sits on top of ice it functions as an insulator and it will actually start to melt the ice beneath and i remember as i was walking i heard this crack and <laughs> when i felt that there was just this surge of adrenaline that kind of went through me and i stopped dead in my tracks and i started thinking about trying to distribute my body weight over as large a percentage of this as I could because I knew I was standing on really thin ice, literally. So as I was kind of trying to sink down a little bit, bend my knees a little bit, and maybe think about laying flat so I could distribute my weight a little bit, no, it was done. Cracked right directly through the ice. And uh, it was scary. I, I remember all of it. A lot of people will tell you that they don't remember the couple of the few minutes leading up to this stuff, but I remember it vividly because it was shocking. And I was hyper aware because of the adrenaline kind of coursing through my system. Next thing I know, I'm under the ice and it's dark outside and there is no ambient light to come in from anywhere. And I just sat there for a second trying to compose myself from the shock of being just almost flash frozen. It was so cold. I'm looking for anything, any kind of purchase. And I'm, I'm punching at the ice and it's, it's not budging. Apparently it was thick enough to uh, take a solid punch from a 14 year old, but not enough to at that time, probably 180 pounds of weight. So I struggled and I could feel myself being carried a little bit by the flow of the water. And it didn't take long because I, I hadn't taken a deep breath right before I went under. I had no time to kind of uh, prepare for what was about to happen, but it, it couldn't have been more than 30 seconds that I was kind of clawing at the ice and I could hear my friend kicking at the ice and it just wasn't doing anything. I was stuck and I didn't know where I was. I couldn't tell how far I'd gone down, how much I'd moved. There was no visual purchase of this is the, this is there. This is no, it was just, it was black because it was so dark outside and it just wasn't any light. And I remember my body at one point just kind of went, well, we got to attempt to breathe if nothing else. And I did, and I remember taking in, I remember the cold of feeling all of this water kind of rush into my lungs, which obviously wasn't providing any oxygen for my brain. That would have been cool if we could somehow break out the hydrogen and oxygen and <laughs> borrow from it for a minute, but no, I, that didn't happen. And then I just felt myself kind of drift off and lose consciousness. This is where I had the the life-altering experience of having seen what I believe to be, what I'm certain is, the other side of this equation. And it's difficult for me to explain this kind of in visual terms, 
but I'll take a stab at it. Because there was this sense of oneness with everything that was around me and everything that was happening at that time. And it was almost like I was kind of like blossoming out a little bit while maintaining my individuality, my personhood, my individual consciousness. I felt connected to an un indescribable and almost impossible number of things all at once. And a metaphor that I've used previously, and I'll use it again, is it was almost as if, and again, I have to express this, it, I refer to this completely metaphorically because this is not what manifested visually, but it was as if I had been sitting in a completely dark, endless expanse of nothing and that a light came on. And when that light came on, it was illuminating, but there was so much going on that I wasn't yet capable. And I say not yet capable because I think I was about to figure out how it all worked, but there was too much happening all at the same time. And the way that I've described this to people, and you know, when I explain this to my 14-year-old son, he loses his mind because it's a little too much to try to process. And I get that because it, it's a lot to process. But it felt to me as if everything that has ever happened and everything that will ever happen had condensed itself into one singular point. And I think that that's what I experienced was the concept of eternity. Eternity being the absence of time and therefore the absence of space and therefore the ability to interact with, move through, experience things, everything that has ever happened and everything that will ever happen and everything that has ever existed or will ever exist in the absence of time, there being no struggle of distance between anything because most people will tell you that the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. But no, that's actually not correct, in my opinion, after what I've seen and what I've kind of experienced here. Distance between two points in the absence of time is that straight line is only the amount of time that it takes to get there. So in the absence of time, everything does kind of exist in a singular point. As I experienced this massive, unbelievably kind of overwhelming orchestra, symphony, whatever you want to call it, of, of voices and ideas and thoughts and feelings and emotions. The one thing I didn't have was any sense of fear. And I think for most people and, and myself up until that point, the scariest thing about the concept of dying is not knowing, not knowing what happens when you get there. Not knowing that there's something positive that comes after. And it's my opinion, and a lot of people disagree with me, and I've gotten a little bit of several comments having explained this on a couple of other places. It's a good thing I didn't end up in hell. Well, my experience indicates to me that no such place exists. So, because, and I don't know if that's attached to kind of how my baseline reality is and who I am as a person. But I know that uh, it felt like everyone was there. And I mean everyone. Simultaneously. And everyone who ever will be simultaneously. I felt 
connected to and one with everything. And it was overwhelming because I, I feel like I was still very much attached to, associated with, connected to the physical body that hadn't quite entirely expired, even though I hadn't breathed and I had not, my heart had not beaten for at least five minutes and probably longer than that, from what I can tell, from what everybody told me. But it felt like I was in this place for hours, long time. And thus, my experience was I was being reintegrated into that singular oneness that connects everything to everything else. And I was being eased into it as I was separated from the physical body, the meat suit, so to speak. But there was no fear, none. In fact, I found myself almost excited about what was coming because I had this tremendous sense the entire several hours, it felt like, that I was about to fully understand it. I knew that I was going to get a grip on everything immediately, that there was nothing to be concerned about. There was nothing to be afraid of. There was nothing to be fearful of. It was just a different state of existence where knowledge, where wisdom, where a full understanding, not confined within this ultimately relatively small organ that helps us animate a body. The lack of, the only thing that people are really afraid of is things that can hurt them. And I didn't feel like anything could hurt me there. I was just there. Still interested, still myself, and still who I am. Still an individual. But I felt like a little bit of my individuality was even about to be deconstructed. Still maintaining my personhood and myself. But not, no eyes, no hands, no mouth. So all of this feels, to me, looking back, you know, very ethereal very difficult to explain with the five main senses that human beings have. But the interesting thing about all of this entire experience for me was the absolute sense of content that I experienced after having just experienced probably the scariest thing I've ever experienced, which was taking in a, a wave of freezing cold, disgusting creek water into my lungs. Knowing that that, that had just happened and knowing that I was dead and being perfectly content with that no sense of sadness that again that sense of time having ceased to exist made me realize that everybody i love and they were going to be there with me in the grand scheme of eternity rather quickly and that to me they were probably already there and i was just about to go see them so i just wasn't scared and i bring this point up frequently because I, I get a lot of people that will say things to me like well that's just your uh, <laughs> that's just the, a product of a dying brain seeking to make sense of things okay alright but that's where more things happened within the following couple of minutes or in what felt to me like a few hours that lead me to the conclusion that that just not can't be can't be maybe it is maybe I'm wrong I'm 100% sure I'm not. So as I was really feeling that true and meaningful integration into this new existence, this new state of being, 
I started to feel myself almost as if I was going backwards. And I heard this voice, not yet. And then I woke up vomiting creek water in every direction. <laughs> Gallons. It was a rough moment, I can tell you that. And I remember that moment of coming out of that experience and kind of being reconnected with the physical world and looking around and feeling the cold and feeling this kind of a burning ice burn sensation in my lungs and but taking a deep breath and there was almost a moment of disappointment that was something to look forward to and then it was quickly kind of whisked away by something that can't even attempt to describe but effectively it felt like it had taken what whatever that voice was that had just told me not yet it took that sense of disappointment and said just i said not yet and it was comforting i looked around me and i looked at my friend who is now kneeling next to me with a paramedic that apparently he'd found on the side of the road while he was trying to wave people down because he couldn't get to me they had stomped through the ice in an effort to to get to me and i guess they saw some part of me through this ice that they'd been kind of swiping the snow away from and according to that paramedic you know i'd been under the ice for quite a while 5 10 minutes he wasn't sure that they'd been performing cpr and he was about to give up for several minutes you know my body was blue my lips were purple my skin was gray my skin was gray and blue i was gone and you know this paramedic said he didn't think there was any point in doing cpr he did it to make my friend feel better effectively so the ambulance came shortly thereafter as soon as i woke up and i sat up and i immediately warmed up which was fascinating i was taken to the hospital in an ambulance and i was there for an hour my color was back they couldn't see any signs of a loss of brain function or any other physical impairments that had come about as a result of this experience and i know a big long pause there because it's mind blowing to think about that I literally stopped breathing. I filled my lungs with dirty creek water. I had a little bout of pneumonia for a couple of days because of the water I'd taken onto my lungs, but otherwise I was I was fine. Fine. Perfectly fine. I found myself tasting and coughing up creek water for several days afterwards somehow, but the most interesting thing about this entire experience for me is what I brought back with me. I found myself immediately with this fascinating capacity to walk into a room, interact with any human being and pretty much know where they stand. Pretty much know who they are as a person. Some people are saying, you know, you're an empath. Well, okay. But you know, my kids can't get away with anything because I I know as soon as they start lying and nah, that tell the truth. You know, most powerfully for me is the number of people that I've encountered over the course of the last I guess it's been 30 years since that happened almost 30 years which is crazy 29 years but long time how many people have sought me out the synchronicity of things is mind blowing because I interact with people on Twitter consistently and I'm a little bit of a goofball everybody so if you look me up You know, you might not like everything I have to say, but it comes from a place of love and it comes from a place of genuine concern for other human beings. But I consistently have people that come to me that don't even know about this experience 
because they seem to know that somehow I'm going to provide some kind of meaningful counsel, something that I can say or something that I can do that's going to help them get through a difficult moment, whatever that is. And for anybody that's out there, I just want to tell you this. If you are petrified by the concept of parting this world, I implore you to stop. It's not a scary experience. And I know there's been some horror stories out there from people that claim that they've gone to the other side and they've seen hell. And I don't know how those people are living their lives, but I had zero of that experience myself. And in fact, if there's any indication that the dying brain does things in an effort to keep itself alive, I would say that attempting to scare somebody with the concept of hell to reignite the endocrine system, to fire up the adrenal glands and get you scared and hopefully start your heart again would be a good way to do that. But I literally had a voice tell me, not yet. And it was caring, and, but it was almost as if the decision was just made. No, 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 not yet. But I did give you a glimpse. And on the other side of that glimpse is an opportunity for me to interact with well, all of you to provide some peace and solace, I hope, for anybody that's concerned about what's coming on the other side of this crazy place that we live. And that the physical body that you currently possess is just that. It's a possession. It's not you. That's a big one for me. We always say, don't hurt me and stop poking me. And well, this, in my opinion, none of this is me. It's, it's a thing that, that I possess. It belongs to me, but it's not me. And that was my biggest takeaway from this entire experience was separating myself from and not being connected to this, redefining my concept of me. Because I think our minds are a lot bigger than this body can possess. And therefore, what's actually you doesn't even fit inside of this physical manifestation of what helps us sort out the concept of time in the present. What has to sort out the concept of time in the present? I think we're beings of divinity. I think we come from divinity, and I think we return to divinity, but I think that that divinity, from what I've experienced, is oneness and connectedness. So what I beg for in my interactions with people that I talk to about this life-altering experience is compassion is powerful. Looking for people's true motivations is powerful. Understanding the motivations and the fears and the excitement of other human beings will lead you to a path of reason and common sense and love. And I think love is more important than anything. I think it's the purest thing that you can experience because I was enveloped by it for that period of time that I was not present here on whatever this plane is. Midgard, so to speak. Everybody kind of knows me as the Viking, by the way. If there was ever an indication of that the Rainbow Bridge is a real thing, I think that's the symbolism for it, is crossing over to that other side of the equation connects you with all things. I still don't like going in cold water. <laughs> if I jump into a swimming pool and it's cold, I have a visceral, almost PTSD response to it. I don't like it. Watching other people do it. I don't like it. Because that physical pain was not fun. But the experience that I had as a result of having had to experience that physical pain 
was worth it. So I wouldn't say it's a fear. It's just not thing. Not a thing I enjoy because I'm, it's cold and it sucks. But I guess I'll wrap up just by kind of saying this. On my own YouTube channel, one of my catchphrases, and I mean it, is I love you, I respect you, and if I have to, I will protect you. And it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what your political beliefs are, even if they're completely the opposite of mine, it certainly has nothing to do with what race anybody is or what religion somebody is or who they worship or whatever. And I say that with, I say that emphatically because of this experience that I had leading me to the conclusion that, well, I'm part of you and you're part of me, period. So even if we disagree, we're all going to the same place and we all have the same fate in store and that fate is to be part of one another again, in a very real sense. There's a lot of music and a lot of art and a lot of crazy things that everybody puts out there. We're all one. Well, the reality of the situation is, yes, we are. We are all one. And we need to love each other and we need to respect each other and we need to protect one another and compassion is key so I, I don't know how this format works all that well but i will say this if you're struggling with anything you don't have somebody that you can talk to and you don't know where to go i don't know that i can help you solve it but what i can do is i, I can provide some resources for you if you're struggling with things in a big way I can try to help you. I can have a conversation with you. And usually I pick up on some things that uh, most people wouldn't, for lack of a better way of putting that. And uh, get rid of that fear, whatever that fear is, because I've experienced what most people think is the scariest thing in the world, and it's not scary. So as I always say on my own channel, I love you, I respect you, and if I have to, I will protect you. I really enjoyed being here. So. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah.